0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all gender identifications, welcome to the season one finale of We Like You First. It is my pleasure to announce that we are performing a scene from the play Star-Crossed by our very own Patrick Carlisle. Star-Crossed was directed by McKenna Steele and featured main cast members Austin Jordan as Roger Milton, Tanner Ralph as William Shakespeare, Sarah Yanagita as Henrietta Henslow, and Logan Lindholm as Arthur Westcombe. Stay tuned after the performance for an interview with the writer Patrick Carlyle, and stay tuned after that for a special interview with the main cast of We Liked You First.
1: Shakespeare, who is writing vigorously, papers litter the floor from all of his rough drafts he has hated, Roger enters. Shakespeare? Shakespeare drops his pen and spins around to face Roger, annoyed and a little angry.
2: Can a man have a moment alone to create a masterpiece?
1: William studies Roger's face.
2: Do I know you?
3: You bear a striking resemblance to someone I insulted once. No, my name is Roger Milton. I don't believe I've ever had the honor of being offended by you before.
1: Roger extends his hand to Shakespeare. William ignores his gesture.
2: Milton, you say. Any relation to a John Milton? Yes, he's my father. Yeah, I can see the resemblance. Ooh, you are your father's son. You have the same dazed and confused look on your face.
1: William sits back down at his desk and attempts to return to his work. Hoping in vain that Roger would just leave on his own.
3: Thank
2: you? If you don't mind, I must get back to my work. I have a very limited time to finish my play, and I'd like very much not to go to prison. So, show yourself out.
3: I am here because I need your help. I am a writer. Oh, a writer! More of a a poet, actually.
2: Wow, congratulations, you did it! You and every other damn person in Europe. Now get out. Please, let me explain.
3: (sighs) Make it quick. I am in love with the most beautiful woman of all. Her name is the sound of birds singing in spring. Her name is Henrietta. Alas, her father has forbidden our love and betrothed her to a half-witted lord with barely enough brains to rub together. However, Fortune has smiled on me. I have been granted the good fortune to prove myself. He doubts my ability, but with your help, I shall certainly triumph. The girl's father is right. You can't be serious. Of course I am.
2: Look around. I am completely broke. Not a penny to my name. How is this possible? It's easier than you think. You write plays, you put on the show, no one comes, you make no money, Then you get the brilliant idea to borrow money. You can't pay it back. And what happens next? You guessed it. Debt. But you're William Shakespeare. Even more baffling. What happened to you? I made the poor choice of performing my work for the upper class. I thought I'd make myself a modest fortune. The problem is they're all morons. None of them can handle a little mental stimulation. Now why? Because each passing generation is dumber than the last. Then teach me what you know. You're the only one who can help me. No, there is nothing I can do for you. You're hopeless.
1: Roger pulls out a stack of parchment. It is no small stack. It is his life's
3: work. I wrote these. These are the feelings of my heart. Heaven's revelations to me of love and hope and all things good.
1: He presses them into William's hands.
2: Enough with the poetics. No one is watching.
3: There has to be something good enough in here to be published or performed or or something. All right. I'll teach you something. This is what we're going to do.
1: He flips through the pages of parchment Roger has given to him. He nods once a few hmms and ahs. He takes a few steps away from his desk to the fireplace. Looking back at Roger, he tosses the papers over his shoulder into the fire.
2: (laughs) What have you done? That's my life's work! You're gonna have to do better than that if you want to rise from your pathetic obscurity. Shakespeare, please! I do this in the name of love! What is with all of you people and your obsession with love? Either you can't get someone to fall in love with you, you can't find someone to love, or you hate how your love life
3: turned out. Is it not better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all?
2: Yes, but if you have loved and lost, then you wish you never
3: lived at all. This is my future. What about Henrietta? She loves me. Would you allow a fair maiden to marry a man she doesn't love? He's rich. She'll be fine.
1: Roger falls to his knees and grabs Shakespeare's ankles and begins to plead with much like he did with Arthur and Henry. If it kind of worked once, it might work again, right? (laughs) No!
3: please shakespeare
1: william rolls his eyes he looks down at roger half sympathetically half extreme annoyance he pulls roger to his feet
2: listen here rupert roger do you have any clue what it's like being a writer i've been doing it my whole life but has it ever been your livelihood no
3: i still live in my father's home have
2: you ever considered the possibility of never breaking into my world Never leaving your mark?
3: I thought I was good.
2: My mother says that I am the... This is the question you must be prepared to answer. Are you willing to slave over your parchment? Slave when there is no food, no money, no admiration. Slave when because it is all that will feed your soul. That was three questions. You won't make it here. Do yourself a favor and go back home to mommy and daddy. Find something else to do with your life. I'm doing you a favor.
1: Roger (laughs) exits sadly. William sits back down at his desk. Crushing someone's spirit was difficult. Even for him. Some of Roger's papers never made it into the fire. He stands up and gathers the survivors. Before he can add them to the kindling, his curiosity gets the better of him. He takes a now considerably smaller stack back to his desk. He begins to read... He leaps to his feet. Genius! He kisses it! Oh, thank you,
2: you magnificent bastard.
1: He continues to read. Inspiration floods his brain.
2: This isn't enough.
1: Damn, what was I
2: thinking? I need more.
1: He realizes what he must do.
2: Oh, no. I have to talk to the idiot with Cupid's arrow lodged in his ass.
1: Roger is sitting despondently. William enters.
2: Ronald! It's Roger. I come bearing tidings of great joy. I have decided to become your mentor. No, you're
3: right, Mr. Shakespeare. I can't be a great writer. I should just stop wasting my time. (laughs) No,
2: no, I was wrong. You can be a great writer. You just need some good old-fashioned
3: schooling from the master. You don't mean that. Just let me wallow in misery and peace.
1: Roger begins to cry pathetically.
3: Oh! This
2: is very undignified. Get up. You're in public. People can see you. He pulls Roger to his feet. Pull yourself together, man.
1: He slaps Roger.
2: Roger (gasps) stops crying. Listen to me. I regretted EVERYTHING I said to you the minute you left. Why? That is an excellent question. I just realized how TERRIBLE I treated you. I should have given you a real chance. I should have realized your potential through your passion, before I threw everything in those hellish flames.
3: So you're saying that you think I am talented? Sure. (laughs) And you're, you're going to help me? Of course. Oh, thank you, thank you!
1: Roger hugs William. William pushes him away.
2: Don't
3: touch me. Sorry. So I I was thinking we could... uh...
2: No, you don't think. I think. I'm the teacher. I will decide what we do. Very well. Where do we begin? From the beginning, of course. I
3: mean, what is the beginning?
2: We must identify your inspiration, your muse. What inspires your artistic vision?
3: That's easy. It's definitely...
2: Uh, Henrietta, the girl. I almost regret asking. All right, well, let's get started then. Right now? I believe I was speaking the
3: Queen's English. Get to it. I've never recited poetry on command before. Here we are, and I'm commanding it. This is hard. If only I could see her. Ah, why are you so obsessed with this woman? I've never been able to write without her before. Everything I've ever written has been in her presence. It's been this way since she and I were little children.
2: Surely you're joking. No. All right, then. Simple problems have simple solutions.
3: Which way to Henrietta? (gasps) We can't go there. Why is that? Her father forbids it. I am barred from her home. And who is enforcing this?
1: Roger thinks for a moment. He realizes William's point.
2: Now she lives this way.
1: They stand outside the walls of Henrietta's home.
2: Now it's all a matter of getting you inside. You really think
3: this is going to help
2: me? It better, or this has been a complete waste of time and energy. Look, there she is. He points upward towards Henrietta's window.
3: See how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I wear a glove upon that hand that I might touch that cheek. Wow, this might actually work. And what is it about that
2: fair maiden that draws your attention?
3: Oh, she does teach the torches to burn bright. Has
2: a nice ring to it.
3: Help me get up there. What exactly did you have in mind? Let me stand on your shoulders. You can lift me over the wall, then I will let myself in her window. Stand on my shoulders? Are
2: you daft, man?
3: I dare say I am. Daft for that woman. And you said you would help me.
2: I thought that it would be less at my expense. It
3: was implied. Now help me up there. (sighs) Fine.
1: The two struggle as Roger climbs up onto William's back. Up in her room, Henrietta is minding her own business, doing whatever it was women during the Renaissance did. Move your shoulder! When suddenly she hears the two struggling and shouting at each other where you're stepping. Sorry. Henrietta throws her window open and looks down.
3: Ah, You stepped on my eye. Hold still. I can almost reach it.
1: Roger's head appears in Henrietta's window. Roger. What are you doing here? She pulls him into her room.
3: I came to see you. I couldn't bear to be away from you any longer.
2: Did you make it in there?
3: Yes. I'll be down soon. Keep out of sight.
2: Take your time. In the meantime, hopefully Vision will return to the eye you so oafishly paraded on. Roger, we must be quiet. If my father discovers you, he may
4: recant his promise to you.
3: Then allow us to occupy our lips.
4: They kiss. Ew. I'm so glad you came. I've been so worried.
3: All is well, my love. This will be over soon.
4: You should go. You should be working.
3: Don't worry. There's been a turn of events in our favor. The great William Shakespeare has agreed to mentor me. I cannot fail.
4: This is wonderful. How did you get him to agree to this?
3: I'm at a loss, really. This seems very much out of sorts for him.
4: It doesn't matter. As long as he helps us be together, I don't care how it happens.
3: Oh, it is the east, and you, Henrietta, are the sun.
1: William's face appears in the window now as well.
3: That was quite
2: good. You should make sure to write that
3: down.
4: Oh my word! Is this him?
3: Henrietta, this is the great William Shakespeare.
4: Mr. Shakespeare, I am honored to be in your presence.
3: The pleasure is
2: all mine, lady.
1: William kisses Henrietta's hand. A true gentleman. Call me... William. William turns to face Roger.
2: Are you finished yet? Well, no. You kind of interrupted. How long does it take to greet one's beloved and then be on their way? It's been two days, William. And if we don't get started, two days may become twelve
3: years. Just give me a moment to say goodbye.
1: Roger takes Henrietta's hand.
3: Parting is such sweet sorrow.
4: Not a moment will go by that you will not occupy my thoughts.
3: I will count the minutes.
2: Tick-tock time is running out.
4: We'll be together again soon. I love you. They
2: kiss. Oh, you two strike me as a couple that would take their own lives if they couldn't be together. There is a knock at the door. Someone is
1: here. Hide! William and Roger scramble to find a hiding place.
4: Just one moment, please.
1: William and Roger find places behind the drapes. They hide just as Arthur enters, and as usual with my dramatic foot. fashion.
5: Milady, might I say, you look exquisite this evening.
1: He takes a hand to kiss it. She jerks it out of his hand. I most protest.
5: Westcombe.
1: They make eye contact as they both
4: realize they both know him.
5: There is no need for hostility.
4: My lord, your intrusion is unwelcome. I was enjoying my privacy.
5: If we are to be married, we must learn to enjoy one another's company.
4: I will never marry you.
5: Even if your precious Arthur does succeed, what makes you think your father will honor his promise? I always get what I want.
4: My father is many things, but he is a man of his word. As for Roger, I assure you, we will succeed. He will come for me. Nothing will stand in the way of our love.
5: What on earth is wrong with you? You would choose that weak penniless dolt over a man a dashing man in fact that can give you anything the world has to offer
4: i only need his love
5: now you are an ignorant woman
1: roger angrily tries to attack arthur in defense of his love's honor but william holds him back (coughs) he grabs her hand
5: you are going to love me
4: unhand me she slaps arthur
5: You may be blinded to my irresistible nature now, but in time you will relent. I am every woman's dream. I will never love you. I love Roger. He will never succeed. You will marry me or die an old maid, old and wrinkly. No one will want to marry you then. He will succeed. William Shakespeare
4: aids him in his cause. William Shakespeare...
5: Don't make me laugh. <laughs> that fool has never and never will amount to anything. Whatever potential he had came and went the day he was born.
4: Better to have been born with some than none at all.
5: Why, you!
1: Arthur begins to raise his hand as if he were about to strike her. However, William, in an act of actual Dashing heroism leaps from his hiding place and punches off him. He falls to the ground out cold. Roger comes out of hiding as well.
3: Why didn't you let me do that?
1: William straightens himself.
2: You heard what he said about me. I couldn't let that go unanswered.
1: Henrietta kisses William on the cheek. He turns quickly to make eye contact with her. He is touched by her small act of kindness. Thank you, William. William smiles. The first time we actually see him do so.
2: At your service, my lady.
1: He bows to her.
2: We should be going before he wakes up. Right, you are.
4: I'll take care of this. He's so stupid. I bet I could get him to forget this whole thing.
2: Say your goodbyes, Roger. I don't want to have to knock him out again. Ah! His jaw is sharp enough to cut diamonds.
1: William begins to climb out the window. Roger follows.
3: Good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow.
1: He kisses Henrietta on the hand.
3: Then I say good night till it be morrow.
1: He disappears out the window. Ah, watch your step! Henrietta laughs to herself as they descend. Sorry. Henrietta laughs to herself as they descend (laughs) outside the Henslow home.
3: What a night! How is it you know Lord Westcombe?
2: That's the imbecile who produced my last play. He's nearly ruined me. What happened? Well, I put on a rousing story of a Scotsman named Macbeth. It was full of murder, madness, betrayal, witches, war, and political intrigue. As you would imagine... Arthur fancied the blood and the fighting. He was so intrigued with my writing, he commissioned me to write another play. I wrote a brilliant story of a twin brother and sister separated after a shipwreck. Everyone confused them for one another. It was hilarious. It was a different feel. It lacked the blood and gore of Macbeth. I actually found twins to play the parts. But Arthur hated it and shut down the production. It left me unable to repay him. That's terrible of him. I know. Now I owe him the money back, or I will be imprisoned.
3: What are we going to do? What do you mean, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay him back? What? You're helping me. It's only right that I return the favor. This is the perfect way for me to express my gratitude, of course. No. No, that won't be necessary. I have it sorted. No, I insist. When you are done helping me... I promise to help you.
1: Roger pauses a moment to think.
3: Whatever I earn with my writing, I promise to give it all to you. It's the very least I can do. I don't know if it will be much, but it's yours either way.
1: Roger stretches his hand out to Williams. Deal. They shake hands.
3: Wonderful. I'm going home. I'm going to need some rest if we're going to make this work. You better come ready tomorrow. Oh, I will.
1: Roger exits. William, for the first time, finds himself somewhat Conflicted. We have just listened to
0: a scene from the play Star Crossed by Patrick Carlyle, the very founder of We Liked You First. Patrick, it is my pleasure to welcome you to your own podcast.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. I'm honored to be here.
0: (laughs) Oh Patrick, this was so fun after a whole season of working with you on um, this podcast to actually get to showcase your work it was really, yeah. really special.
6: I know. I, I was, I, I just, you know, I, I, I just felt really, you know, you know, self-indulgent and I was just like, I'm gonna, <laughs> 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 you know.
0: Well, truly, that was such a wonderful, um, such a wonderful story to end this this season on um, but before we dive into that let's talk about you
6: no but,
0: okay. <laughs> um, for those who have loved we liked you first this is a great opportunity for them to get to know the founder of the podcast so patrick tell me about your background in writing um when you started and how your love for it has grown
6: um, okay. Um, wow. That's a, man, I, di- I don't really ever reflect on that question very often. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love, I loved theater when I was a kid. Um, my, and I, that's really where my, like, my love of, you know, of everything really kind of came from. When I was in sixth grade, um, my sixth grade teacher passed out These papers to sign up for electives in junior high. And I didn't know what I was gonna do. Everyone was gonna take Spanish or computer science or something like that. And while they're all signing up, she comes over to me and she goes, That one, that one right there, that class, you're gonna like that one. And she just walked away. And it was drama. And so (laughs) I uh and I was like, okay, and I, I signed up for it and I loved it ever since. And it wasn't until I got into high school that I really got an appreciation for. Um, For creating my own things, and I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful teacher in high school named Dan Blackley, who, you know, he was always encouraging us to do to do things and to find our niche and to find where we 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 were most happy and comfortable. and And I thought I wanted to be an actor for a long time, and I still love performing. It's just not something I can. I'm I'm that's a long story in itself, but. It's something I don't do as much anymore but he was a playwright and he wrote a lot of really cool plays and I got to see some of his stuff and I got to see how he worked and and I thought I'm like wow it'd just be fun if maybe I wrote something and so just casually I started writing plays I started writing them for fun um and they were really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I just wrote plays because I loved I loved theater so much. I was like, what if this is you know something that I created could end up on stage one day? And that's what I did. I just started writing that you know that because it, this was a really fun creative outlet. And I would sit, you know, at our old family computer for hours, and I would just sit and type, and whatever came out, kind of I you know would ask my mom help me print them out at her work because we didn't have a printer and that's what we would do that's what I would do with my time and then I would share them with my friends and I'd get their feedback on it yeah so, I had a lot of fun doing stuff like that Yeah,
0: and then you <laughs> took that love and passion into your college career
6: I did um and you you and Emma you know this but like in the last episode we talked about the singles um but when I got into college I I decided that I was going to keep pursuing You know, my love of theater, but I was also going to keep, you know, expressing myself through writing. So I took like six or seven creative writing classes, and um, I took every possible creative writing class that BYU Idaho offered. And so I had a lot of opportunities to kind of work on that, but I also got a really awesome opportunity to be a part of BYU Idaho's Humor Code, which is a sketch comedy group. And I got to do sketch comedy through that, um, which was so much fun. And I loved doing that at the time. And then I got to work on the singles with, uh, with you and Mark. And that was another really cool thing that I got to do that really kind of helped me exercise different muscles because mm-hmm. I had never written for television or film before, which is an entirely different beast. Sure, um, yeah. It's such a different approach and um, how you do it. Um, but I also worked on a, um, on a short film with Mark and because he, I, you know, Mark and I are are really work. I love working with Mark. <laughs> um, it's so much fun. And I think a lot of the really successful things I've written in the last couple of years have been with with him and and you. um And yeah. we we wrote a short film called Chapter Two that won a won best in show at a film festival, which was kind of cool. It was a really proud moment. And um, I truly. yeah. The-
0: reason that one best in show was from oh, it was a short film but it was from the the scene that you and mark wrote oh yeah it, that that scene really uh put it over the top so
6: yeah well one day hopefully we'll maybe we'll get to share that um with our listeners but it was a really cool it was a cool thing to work on and yeah. i love writing and <laughs> star cross was one of the plays i started in high school Okay. Um, I started it and I graduated high school I started it my sophomore year of high school and I graduated in 2011 from high school so if you do the math and go back 2011 10 uh, it was probably like 2008 that I started writing Starcrossed wow um, <laughs> um, well, I'm coming. it was a long time and I I, I didn't ever really do anything with it. I wrote it, I edited it, and I kept changing some stuff. And then I went on a mission for, you know, for, my, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I, lit, I served in Germany. And during that time, um, the family computer died. And so I call it the Great Purge of 2011 because I wrote like 10 or 12 plays, and all of them except for Starcross were lost. Oh <laughs> So <laughs> there's a lost saga of work out there that I had done. and the Sargos was the only survivor. So I took my only survivor and I, I kind of nourished it and cherished it and took really good care of it. And I tried to oh. make it really good. so
0: Now you also have done a lot of directing. Yes. And I've had the privilege to attend some of your plays that you've directed.
6: Oh, yeah, <laughs> you have.
0: So that did pause. Don't don't put this part in. I like stuttered.
6: Okay. Oh, you're good. Uh, I get it, <laughs> I'll fix it.
3: Um,
0: so you've also directed, and so you've also directed, and you've directed a number of the uh, readings yeah. here on. you first. Yes, I did. Um, I want to talk about We Liked You first and uh, how you came up with the idea of this podcast.
6: Okay, for sure. Um, Well, first of all, directing is like, I think it's probably my ultimate passion. Um, You know, um, and I've developed a lot of philosophy and personal feelings about how I feel about what directing is. Um, and there was a, you know, COVID-19 happened, I you know, it came to the United States, I think, and really became a pandemic here. I think about a month two weeks before I graduated, something like that, month to two weeks before I graduated from college. And so I was quarantined in Rexburg, Idaho, before I returned home to California. And a part of that was because I had nowhere else to go. Um, You know, a lot of my aspirations, you know, needed to be put on hold because of, you know, the the worldwide pandemic. And um, and so that's understandable and it's okay. But I did take, I personally, there's a really loud motorcycle in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. (laughs) I'm going to take it back. Um, Sorry, I got to remember where I was. Um, When the pandemic hit, I i took personal offense to the 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 i guess the words essential (laughs) um and what was considered essential um because yes and, and this is not a diss towards doctors and nurses and these wonderful people who have been on the front lines and cause I think they are, you know, right now the most essential. we could not do it without them. And and of course teachers and all these wonderful people who have somehow made, you know, things possible. But when we were, when we were all stuck at home, the things we did was we listened to music. We watched our favorite TV shows. Um, you know, I remember the national theater was, was sharing, every week, a different Broadway show or a show from their theater, they would broadcast it on YouTube for free, which is, you know, money out of their own pockets to keep, you know, to give us sanity, you know, and um, I took offense to what was essential. And I said, this is, you know, yes, we need these things. We need grocery stores to be open. We need doctors and we need nurses, but what are these other things that we need, you know, just to to live, you know, what do we need? And I really wanted to give back a little bit of of what I could do. Um yeah. and join in that. And and you know, I'm aware that you know we're a smaller podcast right now, and I hope we continue to grow in audience. We went from like 20 listeners, and by the end of this, we got to like 60 listeners. So, you know, all of you listening, thank you yeah. for joining in. And I hope we keep growing, which I think is awesome. Um, but like I wanted to give a little bit of something to somebody out there, and I wanted to give somebody out there something to listen to and then to entertain them and so that they could enjoy something and they could be happy. But I also knew there were a lot of actors out there who, who were like, what do I do? And I wanted to give them an opportunity to, to continue to show what they had um, yeah. out of their bag of tricks. And then I knew there were people out there who, who were also talented in other ways. I wanted an excuse to say, oh, look, let me find an, just an excuse to, to showcase what you did. And, you know, we've had some really cool writers, you know, come on the this show this, this, this podcast this season and, and show off what they are able to do. And um, and I was just like, that's so much fun, you know, to see what they, what they have and what they've been working on. And, you know, just to be able to say, I value what you do, even in a time like this. And I think it's important to share, and that's what I wanted. Um, and my personal philosophy as a director is I know that I have a lot <laughs> that I still need to learn, um, and I am still developing. And I'm still, you know, sharpening my edges. You know, to some of them, you know, really good. But I heard a really cool story um, from an actress that I respect, and Jenna Fisher played Pam on The Office and I love I love her I think she is so cool wonderful um do you remember the scene Emma when Jim finally asks Pam out on the office when he like storms in in the middle of her talking head interview and he goes Pam and she's like you know and and, uh he goes you free for dinner tonight and she goes yes you know just yeah and then she looks at the camera and she starts crying and she says what was the question (laughs) um she talks about that scene in her podcast um the office ladies and she said i would that episode was directed by a director named ken Quapis. and ken Quapis i think directed the most episodes of the office out of any other director who directed the office and ken Quapis was an awesome director and he she said ken Quapis when she looked at him during that scene he started to tear up really? and he was smiling at her and she said um, I teared up because he was tearing up, oh. and she goes. He he made me know. He let me know in that moment that I did it. That I, I succeeded in what I was what I was being asked to do. And she said Ken Quapis had the talent and the ability to love the best performance out of me. And what I wanted the opportunity to do was to work with people that I cared about and love the best performances out of them that I could yeah and so over the last couple of months as we worked on this that's, that was that has been my goal is to have those kind of experiences as best as I can and whether the the you know whether we are the the greatest podcast that ever was or whether we were a small you know modestly successful podcast that you know we may we we are A few times, I could say I I loved the best out of a few people, and that's what I wanted to accomplish.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that part of of your journey. Um, I remember when you called me, (laughs) (laughs) presented the idea for this podcast, and um, um, and you said. Things are so hard right now because there's no theater. And you were, I, I got the sense that you were just feeling really stuck. And you were like, I am not going to let this defeat me. You were determined to find a solution and um, to continue to progress despite a pandemic.
6: <laughs>
0: and that's exactly what you did. You. I remember thinking, wow, that is a tall order. But you are like, there's enough actors, there's enough writers who are underappreciated, who are struggling during this time because they can't get the exposure that they want because nothing is moving forward. And you basically developed something that could move forward in a time of where everything else was paused. And I, I applaud you for that.
6: Thank you. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously really uncomfortable talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have so much fun talking to all these other writers and all these other wonderful people that come on, and we get to interview them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I, you know, I've, I faced, I faced a lot of rejection in sure. my field. Um, you know, and and in a lot of different in a lot of different ways. You know, whether it was personal rejection or professional rejection, or artistic rejection, like oh, I don't like the way you do things. You know, I faced a lot of different kinds of rejection. Um, but if there's one thing I guess that I've learned is that um, it's something that you said is that even when everyone's saying you know we're gonna stop, I I refuse to say I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Um, yeah. I I really did learn that I will find a mean and I'll find a way to do it, no matter what. Um, And that's something that I've really enjoyed, you know, about working on this and working on the things that I've I've been able to work on is that it's I'm never gonna. I will find an excuse (laughs) to do (laughs) to do it it, and to do it the way that I think it should be done. and I, and I don't mean that in a, in a braggart kind of a way that I, no, I think but I you're know taking know the best charge way. Your but... own,
0: you're taking charge of your life. You're taking charge of your own destiny. You're taking, you know, there's something in life that brings you joy and you're making it happen.
5: Yeah.
0: And I think that's what we all need to learn to do is um, I, so silly, I have always wanted to be a rock climber and it just occurred to me over the summer wait there's nothing stopping me but myself
6: <laughs> there are so many rocks to climb Emma. You know.
0: <laughs> and i always wanted to do it but i just i'm like man those rock climbers are so cool too bad i don't rock climb and it's like it slapped me in the face why not i was like oh the doy <laughs> <laughs> um, and, that, and that's what you do you you climbed your rock and um, that's what we're all you know learning how to do in our own lives
6: i know right you know so, this is cool
0: let's talk about
6: Starcrossed. okay absolutely i love this play i love talking about it i I, writing it. I
0: genuinely <laughs> enjoyed the story <laughs> I, I did not get bored i did not get tired of it i did not get There <laughs> were characters that i was kind of just like less amused by i just enjoyed it
6: <laughs> thank you i appreciate that
0: um my favorite aspect of the whole thing is realizing um in in your interpretation that shakespeare is a giant fraud
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually need to clarify that i want to there's a there are people who don't believe Shakespeare wrote everything that he wrote There's people who are out there who who are like Shakespeare is a pseudonym for a group of writers or Shakespeare collaborated on all these plays and, or maybe he stole from another from another person. I don't believe any of that. I, I want to make it clear that I 100% believe in the man Shakespeare. Um, I think he wrote everything he wrote, everything he put his name to, I think, belonged to him. Um, If we have men like Michelangelo who can paint the entire ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and do other amazing things like that, you know, um, and we have people like Beethoven and Mozart who write as many compositions as they have, and the beautiful symphonies that they've created, I believe a man can write the way Shakespeare wrote. Yeah. And this, this play is really supposed to be a parody on the idea that he didn't do it. Like this is how absurd of a situation <laughs> that would have led to plagiarism. What? And so I just want to make sure I clarify that I think Shakespeare, I don't believe Shakespeare's a fraud at all, but it's funny to laugh at if what wow. if he was a fraud <laughs> this is how he would have done it Sure. Um. <laughs> and i, and I do
0: feel like in this comedy it was um it was kind of just like uh, laughing with those theory <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know how legit was shakespeare and and not to um not to say that you believe one way or another which you have just clarified but Yes. that's yeah. the point of a comedy <laughs> you have <to laughs> be
6: one <with> it. exactly <laughs> so, but yeah, that that was the whole idea. I was sitting in like a, my high school English class, my sophomore year of high school, and um, my teacher my This is the first time I'd ever heard this theory. My teacher said we were reading Hamlet or Macbeth or something. You know, we were reading, you know, California state curriculum and read Shakespeare, and we were reading a play, and she just casually dropped, "There are some who believe that Shakespeare plagiarized." Nearly half or almost all of his work, and I was like b- baloney. You know, just like I just, I just thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard, and that's where this idea of this play came from. It was just sure. like so dumb. I have to write a play about it. <laughs> um,
0: well, very nice. Um, Patrick, I, let's pause here for a second. Oh, um, anything about the play you want to talk about specifically? Because I've, I've got to get going.
6: I don't so, have anything specific about okay. the play, no. And
0: I, feel, and I feel like you'll talk about it also with the actors?
6: Probably, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to move on to okay. what it means. Okay.
6: No, Okay. No problem.
0: Well, Patrick, I could talk about this play with you all day, yeah. <laughs> but we're all dying to know what is next for Patrick Carlisle.
6: Um, well, the most foreseeable thing right now is that there's definitely going to be a season two of We Liked You no. First. We're coming back. Um, we're going to be back in February, um, but we'll post dates and all that fun stuff coming up. Um, I know, yeah i'm really excited for that um i'm also in the process process of applying to graduate school i would like to get my master's in directing um i've been rejected once (laughs) um but that's okay um i'm not a quitter so i'm gonna try again so that's like the next big thing right now and i hope to find out soon the results of that and, and it'll help me plan the next stage of my life so that's that's the big part Okay. But um, no matter what happens, I'm going to find somewhere to do what I want to do and, you know, do what I like. So, you know, whether it's in graduate school or not, um, you can find me working in theater um, in one way or another. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. So
0: Wonderful. Well, whatever direction you go, you're a fighter and you're very talented. And I am excited to see where you go because I know that you're gonna, you're gonna be successful. Oh, no this amount of passion and drive and talent fails. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I'm excited and, and I'm so excited that I got to um, sit in your seat a little bit and interview you.
6: <laughs> you did such a good job <laughs> and you always do such a good job.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's always a pleasure. Um, doing this podcast with you. It has truly been such a delight to work on. Um, If anyone wants to reach out to you about your work or to reach out to you about submitting their own work to We Liked You First, how would they go about doing that?
6: Um, That's a great question. We have a Facebook page. You can always reach us and contact us there. Um, I always, you know, one of us will always respond to you. We got you. Um, we We also have an Instagram called We Liked You First, so you can reach us there as well. Um, And we also have an email address, so you can email us at welikedyoufirst at gmail.com.
0: Excellent. Well, it is for the norm for us to say, remember, (laughs) we liked you first, but I feel that it would be more appropriate this time for me to say, Patrick, remember, you liked yourself
4: first.
6: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's so great (laughs) i do like me don't i (laughs) oh
0: and i liked you first i i do feel like i can say that i think you said the same thing to mark that you liked him first and you know the the feeling is very mutual
6: oh thank you emma i appreciate it um but yeah I just hope all of our listeners know as well I'm just gonna kind of grab my reins really quick um, this wouldn't be possible without Emma so and it wouldn't be possible without you so I'm always thankful that you're here and all the awesome things that you've done um, you know behind the scenes so I hope you know you know that I liked you first um, and you know everyone else who, enjoys our interviews with you gets to say you know they can come after (laughs) but but, uh but um but you know i love you emma so thank you so much for for doing this and and being a part of it and i'm so glad to know you're going to come back next season
0: absolutely you're not done with me
6: never will be
0: you're going to be hearing it some more
6: (laughs) you better get used to it that's something i would say (laughs) you better like it you better like it because it's not going anywhere (laughs) all right thank you guys for listening to me kind of ramble about myself and now we have the opportunity to hear from some really excellent talent and the people who really really brought the podcast to life so we're really excited to introduce you guys to the cast of we liked you first
0: i am going to not be joining in this part of the interview Due to the fact that I have bronchitis and I'm going
6: to go rest my vocal cords. We love you, Emma. We hope you feel better and uh, thank you for everything that you do.
0: Absolutely. Give, give the actors my best, truly.
6: We will. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> All right, everybody, and thank you for listening to the interview with me and Emma. Now we're going to move forward to the main event, our interview, our special interview with the cast of We Liked You First and here at the end of season one. Hey, guys.
5: Hi. Hello. Hi. Hey,
6: how's it going? I was so enthusiastic, everybody. Do
2: you like how we all waved before we remembered this is an
5: audio podcast?
6: <laughs> That's just, I, I was waiting. I'm like, do they? do I have to tell? Should we try I? that again? <laughs> Get <laughs> that out. I'll, I'll fix it in post. <laughs>
5: like, uh,
6: oh, <laughs> You guys are so great. Um, we've had a lot of fun. I mean, we've been doing this since August. So it's been like almost four months or almost five months now that we've been doing it. We're pushing five, but because we're at the end of like, December. So we had a lot of fun, guys um you know does anyone have anything they want to say before we get you know rolling into more deeper stuff of what we talk about the podcast or anything if not it's okay go ahead Sarah. <laughs> you love what
7: <laughs> i love everyone
6: yay oh i definitely second that I second I third that because I got to go Oh wow there. I
8: was about to smack you I was like nah dude you don't second it you third it okay there we
6: go um Thanks.
2: so today uh is the fifth anniversary the day that we're recording this interview is the fifth anniversary of uh Steve Harvey uh reading the wrong winner for the Miss Universe pageant and I would like to just <laughs> formally say that I still believe that he did that on purpose and refused to believe that it was a mistake
6: Steve Harvey, you can come at us. We're on to you, Steve.
8: <laughs> what a what a what a wonderful way to celebrate that.
6: I know, with the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> yes, with, with our uh, with our hundreds
2: of subscribers.
7: We should add Steve Harvey and then maybe it will make
1: the podcast go bigger.
8: Steve Harvey Huge.
2: seems like a person who would actually respond to it.
6: Or we get sued. Oh,
8: I'm I'm looking forward to both. Them being honest, I could handle
6: it.
3: (laughs) I'm not saying
2: it's fact. I'm just saying it's what I believe.
3: You know, (laughs) you made it when you've been sued by Steve Harvey. You know.
6: that's so true um i just want to go back this back us a little minute to sarah's earlier statement of i love all of you um and i love everyone because that was super sweet and nice and we just lost logan but he'll come back (laughs) he's never lost for too long um but sarah um that's a good point i love all of you and it's it's really nice to hear somebody say it because i don't think all of us I mean, I knew all of you when we started the podcast, but I don't think all of you knew each other, which is um, which is cool. Like, did, did everybody who knew who when we started and we could go around like, Tanner, do you want to start? Who did you know when you started?
2: Uh, I knew you, obviously, Kendra, Austin and Logan. Uh, I had not met Sarah or McKenna uh, before this. So but I'm happy to have met you guys now. It's been really fun these past few months.
6: Yeah, that's been. McKenna, who did who did you know when we started?
8: Um, I knew you and Logan and Austin and Sarah and Kendra. I'm trying to decide if we actually ever met before.
1: We did meet once.
8: Um, okay. We met. I blocked out college a lot, <laughs> so. That um, could be what? Yeah, no. Blacking
2: out in college, name a more iconic duo. What?
6: <laughs> yeah, we went to BYU. <laughs> no. Yeah. Can
1: uh, you Sorry. I, please, please block that out? The, the thing that I just did. That's <laughs> nope. I that. um,
6: How did I, you know McKenna?
1: I met McKenna doing um, Calvin and Hobbes for the short time that I helped with that. I was going to do costumes for Calvin and Hobbes. That's right. We talked about cool outfits to make you look like um, a tiger. That's with, uh, okay. Getting a jumpsuit to go. you look like a tiger. So
8: Okay. There we go. That makes more sense. Okay. Cool. But yeah. And now I know Tanner and I know Kendra better. So,
6: whoa. Austin, who did you know when you first started, just to fill in gaps?
3: I think I knew everybody minus Kendra coming in. I know Sarah and I, a while ago, we, didn't we have a class together?
7: I'm not sure if it was a class. I know for sure I um, worked on a show that you were in. It was like the Shakespeare abridged thing that you were awesome in and hilarious, and I loved it.
3: Yeah, I remember now, yeah. I, I'm positive we had a class together, but yeah, Sarah and I go way back, go way back.
7: I, I also block out most of college, specifically classes, specifically <laughs> higher classes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, Logan, who did you know and, and who did you get to know better working on working with us on the podcast?
5: Um, I, I knew almost everybody. The only person that I didn't really know was Tanner. Uh, Tanner and I had met a little bit in college, um, but I I knew McKenna since my first semester. I did a show with Austin in my first semester, The Crone's Revenge, what, what? Uh, Oh my gosh, throwback. Oh yeah, it was such a throwback. Um, That was my first. Four years ago, my gosh. And now I'm, yeah, and uh, now I'm almost done with college, so awesome. Uh, And then I've known Kendra forever, and I hang out with Kendra all the time. And so, yeah, so, and it's been really fun to actually get to know Tanner a little bit more uh, because I'd heard great things, but I didn't know him at all. So it's been a lot of fun.
6: That's kind of true. Like the the really underground stand-up comedy scene at BYU-Idaho, we've all heard of the legendary Tanner Rolf, <laughs> But it's like one of those things when you get to see and work with and, and look at the great Tanner. You know, it's kind of fun. So. Tanner, you got I, quite a reputation.
2: I hope I stay uh, big in the underground scene of, of <laughs> Rexburg stand-up comedy for years. <laughs> just become a myth and a legend,
6: dude. We have a we have a shrine dedicated to you. It's you know we pay homage to it every time we we, we stand up to do comedy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Tanner well, yeah. yeah, I mean, Ralph, he's just
5: a myth at this point. He's a myth.
6: <laughs> we all pluck a single beard hair even the girls and we uh place it upon an altar and every time we do so we hope your beard gets longer (laughs) i have no
2: plans of shaving it right now so that is likely
6: awesome
5: i Um, carry my beard hair on stage with me every every time i do stand up uh
1: in a little pouch
5: just in a little pouch just like it's around my neck underneath my shirt i know it's there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome
6: so yeah um it's been kind of cool uh, i really wish emma was able to be here but as she said earlier she she has bronchitis um and i think almost all of you except for maybe well, that's really ah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. i think tanner and jo- austin i think you two are the only two who actually really know know emma so but i know she's a fan of all of you guys like she's never really been in the same room with us as we've all worked together but she's a huge fan of of all of you and all your hard work this last season um and you know she loves you guys she she reads all the work and then she listens to it before i before i air it and she just speaks so highly of all you guys so you know we're, we're missing her tonight and but we're we're happy that she's getting better from her illness um but that also being said i have a whole list of questions and i think it'd just be fun to go through and answer some of them one or two of these are from emma she wanted to she wanted to ask you guys some things and so in the spirit of just keeping emma in mind let me ask you guys one of her questions um that she asked and one of the things that she asked and that she just wanted to know is what was it like acting with each other from a distance and how has it changed the way you interact with one another um a lot of our listeners you know probably have pieced together that we're not in the same locations like i think none of, i think you know we're all pretty spread out <laughs> i don't think any of us are in the same city except for maybe kendra and logan were in the same city but they're not anymore but we're all pretty spread out like i'm in california um austin where are you where are you guys at everyone want to kind of give a shout out where there are
3: uh currently i'm in chicago
6: austin's in chicago McKenna where are you at good old Nashville Nashville but hopefully
8: Burbank when COVID decides to
6: calm itself down we're hoping we're all hoping for that who else wants to chime in
2: uh I'm in Vineyard Utah
7: and I'm in Japan (laughs)
6: <laughs> look at sarah just repping like the other side of the world over there
7: <laughs>
1: i'm in idaho like how do you know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in japan and i'm like i'm in rexburg idaho but right now i'm in houston texas because i'm home visiting family but mm-hmm. i am from alaska so that is cool <laughs>
6: Awesome. And I'm, I'm over in Southern California. So we're all in like just completely scattered to the wind different locations. Oh, go ahead, Logan.
5: Yeah, and I, uh, I'm in the least interesting place of all of you. I'm in Blackfoot, Idaho, because I'm also visiting my family uh, for the holidays.
6: Right, little tiny Hodunk so. town out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like let's let's whoever wants to answer, I won't I won't interrupt any of you. Whoever wants to answer, what has it been like working and acting and interacting with each other at a distance? You know, how's that how has that been? What's that experience like?
2: I think for me, uh it was um COVID kind of helped prepare me for it in a way, because by we started, you said August. So COVID had been happening for five months already, and I've been in a few other sketch comedy groups, so we'd already made it normal to meet via Zoom meetings and do readers theaters through Zoom meetings uh, and all of that. So I think by the time we started, I was already used to doing Zoom meetings. Now, that being said, it is weird to meet people for the first time through Zoom, especially in this nature in which you're supposed to have uh, you know, charisma and energy uh, and you know, chemistry with each other um but it's just it's the way it is uh i would love for some time for us to be able to get together and do a live reading uh but until that i i've never felt like it was anything that's restricted us
6: yeah like i i would totally agree with that like it is it is kind of interesting because you know it is a you know doing like performing and and acting is it is one of the things that i've kind of and maybe one of our more seasoned actors would be able to answer this better. But like I have noticed, like it is maybe easier to act when you have already developed a, a strong relationship. And some of, and like you said, Tanner, some of us are meeting for the first time, you know, through Zoom. Um, but yeah, it's, you, you guys have done a really, really great job doing that. Did anyone else have any other thoughts on that?
8: Um, well, I think what's a little bit interesting. Um, this just popped into my head is. When I feel like when you meet in person, sometimes there's like a little bit of nervousness because you're not in like you're like you're out, kind of outside of your normal comfort uh, zone kind of thing. You you know, you're not where you feel like yourself the most and it's all brand new. And so like if we were all meeting in like a meeting room or something like that, all gathered around a table, it I mean, it, it we would get there, obviously, and it would be easy to become friends and have that vulnerability um, in order to um, be able to put out good acting and storing storytelling and stuff like that. but with the zoom, it's been kind of nice because like right now I'm sitting in my bed. Where are you gonna feel more comfortable than when you're just sitting in your bed? like it helps to kind of break down those walls a little bit faster, I think uh, in regards to like, meeting people for the first time over zoom which i think has been super awesome and i i feel like i've gotten to know you guys so much better just because we're already kind of in that vulnerable state um and i think it does help in regards to doing all this over zoom like in producing this it's been really interesting um just because you know there's a lot of with acting there's always like that physical aspect of it but this has been more of voice acting and all of that. But with Zoom, it's helpful because I can see everybody's faces. I can see the reactions. So it's not its not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, those those are just kind of my thoughts
6: on that. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't even think about half of those things, to be honest. Yeah, go ahead, Logan.
5: Uh, for me, uh, acting is very physical. And so it's kind of been a challenge uh, to how, to figure out okay how do i communicate all of these uh uh these characters without uh without being physical with, with, by just using my voice and so it's been a real challenge uh to work in that uh but i think i'd be i am I'm, I'm a little bit better of an actor and i've been able to keep acting when things have kind of been dry uh and so i can keep myself at least somewhat and somewhat fresh because of the, this opportunity especially when we're in a considering that we're in a uh, in, still in the middle of COVID-19. Um, so yeah, so that's, th- those are some of the things that, I, that I've just been immediately thinking about. Um, but yeah, so the elimination of the physical movement has been, has created a real struggle. It's made, it's made it more difficult, but it's also made it, uh, it's made it a challenge. And so it's been, been fun to figure out how to get past that.
1: Oh, I was just like standing, waiting, raising my hand. I think for me, something I've noticed myself doing more when I think having this barrier, I find myself making more bold choices as an actor. Like I don't have a lot of people and like pressure to, of being kind of, uh, watched. And so I can make bigger choices. I feel as an actor, if that makes any sense. So like I mean, this week, this episode, I decided to do a British accent, which was really random. And I don't think I necessarily would have done that if I was in a group setting like this. I would have been just been like, oh yeah, here I am. I find myself like making choices because I'm, I'm like McKenna said, I'm in a comfortable setting and I find myself when I'm in a comfortable setting, I can take risks. So, Yeah,
7: I also want to say, I am also uh, doing this in... Like, I'm sitting in my bed as well, McKenna. And I wanna say, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying that Zoom or doing this, you know, virtually um, just makes you feel so much more comfortable. I feel like, you know, we're just playing. Um, and even though I didn't know like most of the people, like even that well, like the people that I, I did know coming into this, that that probably was honestly a big blessing for me because I have this terrible sense of, what is it called, imposter syndrome or something like that? Yes, where I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. Everyone's so much better. But um, you guys have all made it a very safe place where I feel comfortable making bold choices like Kendra was saying and it's just been a very positive experience
3: uh, For me it's been uh, kind of interesting because uh, I tried first uh, doing zoom uh, with improv and sketch and coming from that it it was it was very hard because for improv and sketch you're trying to Acts towards an audience that you can't see. You know, with Zoom, you know, we only had our our squad on in the boxes, and then the audience would be watching us, so we couldn't see them. You know, but we knew they were there. We could see the counter and stuff. But with with this, you know, uh, doing like a table read to each other and in the comfort of our own homes, it just it works so much better. And like everybody said, we were making choices that we probably wouldn't do in a more uh, um, uh, groups, like in a, in a group setting. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like everybody's been more vulnerable and just, uh, yeah, just ready for it.
8: Patrick, you straight up muted, bro.
6: Thank you. I tried to use my keyboard and it wasn't working. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I'm a, I used to act a lot more when I was younger, making me myself sound so old and seasoned. But um, I just, yeah, I never really thought about some of the things you guys brought up. And I, I'm really, really impressed because, like, I, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, you got to listen to these performances. <laughs> and, and I would always just credit it. Like, these people are just so good as it is. Um, I would never think you know you know the environment you know just enhanced what you guys were doing if anything I thought you guys would be at a disadvantage and just to share you guys' advantages I think is so cool Um, And the cool things that you guys have shared Um, I really appreciate that Um, one question that kind of just came to mind because you McKenna brought up you know chemistry and getting to know you know getting to know people and you know Um, those things. I'm just a little curious and this is just me asking kind of off the cuff because I know we all love each other. We all consider each other friends. Do any of you feel like you created like a special chemistry with anyone in particular that when you work with them like over this kind of thing does it just kind of you know feel like extra special or when you're put together in a scene and you're paired up does it feel anything different? Do any of you share, like, you feel like you share, like, oh, I have this chemistry with someone so or I really feel like I'm brought out, my my best is brought out when I work with someone. Does anyone have that kind of feeling that they've, it could be even with one of our guest stars. We've had some amazing guest stars come and join us, too. Um, but do you guys have any thoughts
5: on that? I can speak to that. Um, uh, for. The thought that came to mind was Mountain Berry Crunch, because I feel like that was the uh, that uh, that oh, uh, that sketch was the most uh, electric that I felt uh, felt the cast, uh, partly because of Tanner, uh, Tanner's over there over there in his box like yeah, and I'm like yeah uh, Tanner was awesome, but then also uh, oh my gosh I feel so bad I forgot her name um, our guest star that week Carly. Yeah, Carly, thank you. Carly, if you're listening, we do love you. I'm just terrible with names anymore. College has really screwed me up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but, but but I remember Carly making some really bold and interesting choices. Uh, and then Tanner really beautifully uh, played off of that. And I just, I remember just being the, I was just a narrator on that one, but I just remember, remember dying. And so I didn't really necessarily feel like i was super connected and i and the and my best was being uh being taken from that but i remembered watching their performance and listening to their performance and just thinking that how good it was and how uh symbiotic it was
6: probably one of the best death scenes i've ever seen <laughs> so well done to both of you guys um who else wanted to go just go ahead and hop in when you're when you're good
3: Um, For me, I, I feel like I came closer to uh, all the writers, you know, um, having them put out their, their work, like you, Patrick, Tanner, and everybody before, uh, Jared, you know, Chase, uh, thank you guys, if you're listening, uh, for submitting. Um, it's, it's a vulnerable uh, place to be to try to give life to your work, you know, like give your work to actors and say, go for it. Let me see how you interpret it, you know, because as a writer, you probably, you've written it, you've read it so many times, hopefully, unless you just, you know, throw it to the side and you're like, I'm I'm done with it. Uh, But uh, you already have these voices in your, in your mind, you already have a picture of an actor or an actress. And so it's your baby. So I'm, grateful for you guys uh letting us you know work with it and work with your wonderful masterpieces
1: so for me I feel like it was I came in later in the season like um a couple episodes ago and I was really nervous to come in because everyone had been doing this for a few episodes and you know already created that chemistry and um you know friendship so and I already knew um people but it's still like it is hard coming into a project um later in the game but I think how Patrick um did it for me personally was really helpful because he had me come in he was like can you just direct this this one uh you know short short uh, play from Chase. And so I got to get to know people. And I was super nervous, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, um, and I don't know everybody. And I hope they like me because um, I'm going to be coming in as an actor and it just like wasn't confirmed yet. Patrick was like, we'll see how they feel about you and then they'll, they'll decide there. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I hope they like me. But um, I found doing that, like I was directing McKenna and Austin and Sarah and I just, I gave them my notes and I just said, you know, and I, I trust them as actors and I felt like I was able to build that chemistry from directing them. And then the next episode, my first episode acting was Mountain Berry Crunch and I felt like I was able to come in more then. so thank you, Patrick, for, uh, doing that for me, but it's been really fun coming in later in the game, even though it's, it was very nerve wracking for me.
2: Uh, for me, uh, I came in with zero acting experience, really. I, I'd done a thing here and there, but for the most part, I was just a kid who's who's done some stand up in, in like one or two plays. So I feel like the chemistry has grown with all of you guys in general uh, to where, you know, when I first came on, I was very intimidated of like, I want to do my best. But I was really worried what you guys would think of me <laughs> uh, and be like, who's this inexperienced punk uh, and what's he trying to do? Um, but as time's gone on and, you know, especially just the time we kind of chill after we're done with rehearsals and just kind of chat way longer than we should. Uh, but it's, it's been really fun and it's been a great way for me to kind of connect with everyone, uh, to the point where like, now I love whenever a funny line is coming up and it's, it's one that I get to read. I love looking to the side and seeing if McKenna's going to break or not. Um, or like uh, Logan when he couldn't finish reading all the mascots that I wrote for Mountain Berry Crunch the first time. Uh, just little things like that have made me feel that much more comfortable. Uh, and it, it pretty much valid- or it confirms that I should have done theater all along. I would have had a lot more friends growing up if I did theater, <laughs> I think. But uh, nothing I can do about the past. But I'm I'm very happy to, to be part of this group. And I really do feel more and more comfortable each week performing with you all.
1: Patrick, you're still muted. I I just
6: caught myself. (laughs) Um, My keyboard's not working. I got to fix that. I'll edit that out. Um, Wow. Some of the stuff you guys say just always just warms my heart. Like the chemistry you guys, and some of the answers you gave totally I did wasn't expecting. Um, Austin, I love your answer about working with the writers. Um, The writers really do make, they really didn't make the season possible and they came in and they shared a lot of, you know, they were very vulnerable with us. And, and some of them created stuff specifically for the podcast, um, like they specifically wrote something and said, I specifically wrote this just for this show. Um, and some of them who did that, I really wanna make sure they know how grateful I am. Um, I know Tanner, you really, really came out with Mountain Berry Crunch for, for this, for this. And, um, and you really, I mean, like you had been working on it before but you but when i when i asked you if you wanted a an episode to feature some of your writing i know you really really worked really hard on mountainberry crunch to make it ready and that was and it was awesome we loved we all loved working on that episode it was so much fun um and um you know so some some of that there were there were writers who, who came in and came in clutch for us in that regard um And they did trust us with some other stuff. And I think I have to just add to that with what, you know, you know, the stewardship that we had over, over their work was so special because, you know, especially for, you know, I, I got to direct some of the episodes and I would sit down with some of the writers and say, Hey, look, I need to tweak a little bit of stage direction, not changing your lines or your story so we can make it flow a little bit better for an episode. And they were so gracious about yeah, yeah, do what you got to. So it, I mean like that chemistry and that relationship, working relationship was so much fun to work with them on and they were so great and they, and I know they all loved your guys' performances. So thanks for sharing that guys, um, which is so awesome. Um, one question I have just, um, I'm just kind of looking at some of our questions and see what else we can, we can ask. Um, we have one person who wanted to know if any of you guys had a specific role that you particularly enjoyed playing um during the podcast like did you have a favorite role um that you that you just oh this was the role that you got to do and it was just fun to do and whenever you're ready you guys can just hop in just don't don't overstep each other
1: i well i feel like i've only done like three roles (laughs) um but (laughs) I did I I loved playing Sister Johnson last um, last time in the singles award and that is because in high school those are the kind of characters that I played um I played the the crazy old lady characters uh because I was the only person in high school who'd be willing to get up and make a fun of herself and be a fool and like not care what people thought so my director would be like all right there you go and I and I always got like a lot of laughs for that and um, because you know in high school you're so uh, you care so much about what people think and I was just like I don't care and I've kind of I definitely I feel like I've lost that a little bit as I've gotten older and but playing her reminded me a lot of those days and at that time I never really appreciated it because I was like oh I just want to be like the lead engineer, like the pretty girl who like gets the guy, like I wanted that so bad, but they're like, no, you're gonna play the, the old hag who uh, is really funny, but playing her remind me of those days and be like, man, I, I actually miss doing that. And like, that was so much fun to play this crazy old lady that had 15 stuffed cats. Like I was like, oh yes, this is my bread and butter.
8: um actually mine is i think still playing hades in the first episode um i've played lucifer in a play before and i just really enjoy those kinds of characters i don't know why i probably just cuz i think they're fun and I like feeling like I'm like a little bit badass, but I'm really not. And I think probably that is why, and it was just kind of a fun character to play. And it was a fun script to work on too. And um, cause I like watching like, you know, the TV shows like Supernatural and I, which I know is so cheesy, but like Lucifer in that show is my favorite. Like he's hilarious and watching like, Hercules is my hands down favorite Disney movie. And that's mainly because of Hades. And so it was just like a nice like little on moment where I was like, yay, going back to like my roots, but not really my roots, but my roots of things that I love and um, getting to play a fun character that isn't always my personality type. It's, it makes it more of a challenge, which I think is always fun. Um, Cause I, I think I'm a nice person sometimes And it's nice to be able to be, you know, like a little bit mean and just make people's lives miserable. Not that I want to do that in real life, but like, yeah, I'm gonna gonna stop now. But Hades, that one, done. Cool.
6: That's awesome. (laughs) You were a great Hades.
5: Yeah. So, uh, fun fact uh, Sarah and I were also in that play that uh, McKenna played. Lucifer and and it was and it also starred uh McKenna's now husband so we all go way back anyway um yeah so but for me though I, I'd have to say that I can give you like two or three of my favorite roles I I am I really love playing the the narrator in Holmes and Watts because I just got to be stuffy and pretentious which is not unlike myself um uh, i am a little bit pretentious i i see kendra over here in her box she's she's laughing because she knows me really well um
7: Is a vest
5: uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i look good in it i still look good in it anyway like- um anyway um i oh, so, oh gosh i had a couple of a couple of rolls another like shooting out um Oh, and then again, the narrator in Mountain Berry Crunch was a lot of fun because I just, I, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I was just explaining everything, but there were moments in just the explanation that I am dying in, like like what, uh, what Tanner mentioned earlier. We had these this moment of uh, where, where I had to list off all of the uh, the former ma- former mascots of uh, Mountainberry Crunch, and it just got it. It was weird, and it, it didn't. i don't i don't know how to explain it but i just remember like the first few times i read it i just was crying it was so funny and then i think even in the uh in the recording it took me like two or three times to uh to record it before i was finally before i finally like could get through it without cracking it was so funny um oh gosh and then there was one other role that that i did a a while ago that i can't remember right now but there there have been a few that have just been oh that's the other one. and then this week's uh, with uh, playing Sir Arthur Westcombe uh, the third. That's very important for that character. Uh, I, I f- another fun fact is that I am actually the original uh, Lord Arthur Westcombe. Uh, when we did a staged reading of it, uh, I did that for Patrick. Um, and then Sarah was also in that as, as Anne Hathaway at uh, that time. So yeah, so I've gotten to do some really fun fun things and then getting to replay, uh, re, uh, reprise uh, Westcomb has been a lot of fun. So I'm just grateful that I get to still get to do some really interesting things and get to do some interesting roles.
2: Um, first of all, uh, Logan, I think you're downplaying downplaying the narrator a few times saying that you're just explaining things uh, I think the narrator, especially in a radio show like we do, is a very crucial role because it, it really does build the world that we can't see. And I love hearing you as the narrator because you have such a bravado in your voice uh, that that really makes it engaging and like you want to hear everything that's about to happen. Uh, and I think you introduced that very well. So I do love your narrator voices as well. Um, for me Thank personally. You. Thank you very much. Oh, It's my pleasure. Uh, (laughs) for me, uh, my favorite character, or at least one that sticks out is Dr. Johnson Watts. Uh, because that was the first week where I felt like I was able to bring some of my own ideas to the table that like connected, uh, again, just me feeling inexperienced and intimidated, you know, sometimes, or maybe this just happens a lot and I'm just not used to it yet. Of uh, you bring ideas to the table, and sometimes the directors are like, mm, "This, you know, it's it, we we like where you're going, but it's not quite there." Uh, you know, for example, for this episode, you know, when I did Shakespeare, I first did it with a really bad Jack Nicholas voice of uh, "Why, why do you have to interrupt me with everything you're saying?" Uh, and it just didn't work. Uh, and I, I get that, um, but with Watts, it felt like it was one of the first times where I brought something to the table that actually did work. Uh, and, and and so yeah, so that that really stuck out for me, and it was a fun one to just play around and be natural with.
6: McKenna apologizing because she's the one who directed Tanner in Starcross, <laughs> but she was right. Here's it's the a, thing, it's
8: Okay, it's okay. You can just tell me you hate me. It's no, like, I don't. Because here's the thing, it.
2: I I I do believe you're right because. That's how I started it. But then when we did the second read through, even I felt it. Even I was like, oh, yeah, no, that was a bad call. And that's that's all acting is, at least for me, is just trying things that don't work until something does work. Uh, I thought you were great. Thank you. I I thought so, too. I thought your directing was spot on and great. And I, I do feel like you you pushed me to a better direction. Um, but I did try to do kind of more of a, an angry Jack Nicholas voice or is that his name? Yeah. Jack Nick voice. Are you uh, the, the first read through? Yeah. I don't know. One's a golfer. One's an actor,
1: the actor, like from like the shining. And... Yeah. That one. That's Jack Nicholson,
2: Jack Nicholson. I think Jack know. Nicholas is a golfer. Well, you uh, should have
1: gone with the golfer. Let's figure <laughs> it
2: <out. laughs>
6: I just, I, if I can so, just take, can take sound one sound second, <laughs> I just want to take one second, Tanner, and just let you know, like, you know, I think it's just one of the things like you said, like, it's just something you get used to, I think, as as an actor and, and working in, in this kind of a profession is you get told, that just doesn't work. And I, you know, I was working on a show where I was directing it. And I remember an actor told me, your direction just doesn't work. And I remember I stopped and I was like, all right. And I remember I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't offended, but like, I remember my initial... Instinct was wrong, and I remember I went back and I I, I sat down for a second and I, I looked at the scene again, and then I said, "You're right." And then I, I we we redid it and we felt it immediately. And I'm just saying, I think it comes from everybody's point of view. I think we're all at one point told that doesn't work. Let's try it differently. And I think when you have a good relationship and you're a professional, but you're caring about it and you're and you're loving, and you know you do it from a place of you know of respect, it it just it, it elevates everything. And I think that's something that you and McKenna experienced. She told you, "Hey, um, you know, let's try, you know, let's try a different way of doing that." And it came from a place where she respects you, and you respect her, and you guys were able to make it make it even better. I don't know if anyone wants, if either of you wanted to add anything to that, but I was just interpreting what I felt, you know. Well, that's
2: that's how I felt too. Is that yeah. I tried something, uh, and no, I, I changed because I respect McKenna's opinion and in her direction, and I do believe it it was the right call. Um, but with Holmes and Watts the, going back to that as as Doctor Johnson, uh, Watts, it did feel like one of the first times that I was able to do some bold moves that worked right, um, and so it was fun to play around with that. Yes, Tanner,
7: it's- totally it's totally a thing for actors (laughs) and I think it's most definitely a thing for the nature of this podcast where we really don't have a ton of time to like work on things and so there's not a lot of time for actors to you know make their journey to the character like you would for like a a full-fledged production and that's why I say like I'm really grateful that we created such like a, a comfortable space here is that you know, people can just feel comfortable to bring their ideas to the table. We're just playing. And if something doesn't work, it's fine. And we try something else and it's all fun.
6: While you're talking, so Sarah, it, who was so your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead, Logan.
5: Yep. So it's a totally collaborative experience that this has been. Uh, and that's been something that's really, really awesome because um, I think that that's what theater should be. Um, and we do have that on us. We have that on a small scale. Um, and so that's part of what's made this this so fun is that as, uh, as Sarah and, and Tana, as, as many have already said, uh, it's we get to bring our ideas to the table and we get to see what works. Um, and, and that's something that I'm going to take in uh, into my career is just bringing ideas to the table, seeing what's going, going to play out and seeing what's not going to play out.
6: Awesome, thank you, Logan. Thank you guys for all commenting on that. Um, did anybody else have any, um, did anybody want to mention who their favorite role was?
7: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, just so happened to be the, the last last episode that we did the, the singles. Patrick and I talked about this. Um, I played Beth and just like even reading like the stage, like direction about it will like um, describe a character wasn't in like the bit that we read through but I got to read the whole script and I was reading about her I'm like this sounds like me (laughs) and I don't know if she actually is like me but I it was like the first time where I felt like I really resonated with the character and um just sort of understood what they were about and it was so much fun uh just getting mad at Austin and um, I think that was like the second or third time that we've played like uh, romantic interests or, or something where like our characters have like relationship, and that has been so much fun to just work with Austin.
6: I loved you, Isbeth. You did such a good job. Um, Austin, did you have anything you wanted to say? Like, did you have a favorite role?
3: yes I did have uh, a couple roles and I'm I'm glad everybody loves to hate me so I understand Sarah everybody loves to yell at me it's just no. like <laughs> but uh for me my favorite my favorite characters are uh probably all the like third type the secondary characters like uh the lifeguard in uh, Chase's story, like, I just love being goofy. And, uh, and the kid in uh, Mountainberry Crunch, like, I love, it sounds so morbid and weird, but I love to die. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I sound so wrong. I love to die in film and or in a play. <laughs> it's amazing. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. But yeah i just loved those characters because i was able to you know interpret them um and just play around so yeah
1: awesome that was my first interaction with you because i came into that meeting late so i didn't meet anybody i just came like hey guys i'm the director and we're gonna read through it and you come out you brought your own whistle that was not put into the the script he has his own whistles he's up to the camera and he blows on it and he I died laughing I was like oh my gosh this guy is a genius and I was just like it was so good and oh uh, I agree like you just did really good with playing the lifeguard you had like what maybe two or three lines but your voice and like being all well oh, I-, I can't even do it because it was just so good <laughs> thank you oh. so much
3: it means a lot
6: um that's so funny i was gonna say the whistle thing killed me too because man austin (laughs) just bring it with the whistle um i love hearing your guys' favorite roles and this is this is going to be really quick so i don't want to so let's let's just for time i just i'm just really curious if you could just name if each of you can name one performance that was your favorite that you didn't play would you guys maybe mention maybe one person like if you if you can recall one does, do you guys have one performance of someone you didn't play that was played by either one of you one of your castmates or one of our guest stars um, <laughs> and i'll i'll go first just because i i really i really want to i really want to go back to this one this is a couple episodes ago connor wood when he played Tony in All of Us in Horrorland, the guy literally had me crap in my pants because he was so funny. And if you know Connor, he was playing this big meathead, and he is a kind of a beanpole, pole, <laughs> but he, but he, but he nailed it. And he was, you know, he was so good. So, you know, just sending some love to one of our guest stars, Connor. Well done on that performance.
8: Um, that was the one I was going to say. I like peed my pants with connor on that episode granted connor and i are really good friends um but like oh my gosh for some reason that one in particular i was like dude what are you on today because it's bringing some great content that i i'm here for um he's always been a super hard worker and a good comedy guy so yeah i i I really enjoyed connor's but I'll think of another one because I feel like I can't be back off of Patrick. So I'll be back.
6: You're good. Go ahead, Tanner.
2: Uh, I really like the interaction between Austin and Sarah for the singles. Um, because we we do so many comedies. Uh I think we only had one that wasn't a comedy and I wasn't in it. So uh forget that episode. Uh but <laughs> no. Um but no, I, I just thought it was, it was a real good interaction between uh, Matt and um, – oh, gosh, I can't even remember Sarah's character's name. Beth. It was Beth. I was going to say Beth, too. Uh, between Matt and Beth, it just felt very genuine. It felt very real, and it felt very sincere uh, in this world where all we do is try to make people laugh. It was just a very sincere, genuine moment that I loved listening to.
5: Thank you. Uh, for me uh, it was kendra uh, in mountain berry crunch uh, i because i got to go back to mountain berry crunch it was, it was probably my favorite episode that i that i've worked on um but kendra was uh she was so fun and she was such a dweeb but in the best way possible in that in that episode um because we wanted the character to lose but we also but I, I feel like she she brought some depth and some and some some humanity to the character even though the character's a jerk and is the villain so uh, so yeah she was a lot of fun a lot of fun
1: Thank you um I'm gonna go real fast I'll go back to it hands down Austin is a lifeguard hashtag whistle hashtag austin hashtag lifeguard hashtag win the Oscar because. <laughs> I was dying. And I think it goes back to like, you're saying like, oh, like the secondary, car- yes, bow down to Austin. Um, um, it goes back to, if you as an actor can bring so much in two lines and make it that memorable, it just like shows how good of an actor you are. So Austin, applauds for you.
3: Oh, thank you so much, I, dang, I, shucks. Um, I don't even know how to follow that, Kendra. It got me blushing or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, a character I wish I wanted to play, probably just Tanner himself. Like, any character Tanner does, he just, like, amazes me. And I'm just like, dang, I wish I had that. I Like, when I have made the same choices? I I don't care. I love the choices he's making. I wish I could be him, so... Yeah, it's not even a character in any of the... It's just Tanner himself.
2: I told myself I wasn't going to cry.
1: I'd like to thank my mom and my dad
7: and Chris Farley.
2: I, I would like to thank Chris Farley. He is the reason I do everything. Uh, Thank you. That's very special. Thank you.
7: Okay, so like I honestly have the same issue. So like... Because everyone is so freaking talented, and I cannot pinpoint down, like, just one role. But literally everything that McKenna has ever done, and will ever do. <laughs> but I specifically, like, if I had to narrow it down to, like, one thing, it would be Hades. Like, that very first episode, and I got to see her in action. The <laughs> first time. Like, yeah, This is why McKenna is like a goddess and why we say she's going to be like the next like scarlett johansson or other famous actress insert their name here. stop she's a babe
5: jennifer lawrence or actually really good but actually really good i should say that oh Oh,
8: well thank you that's very sweet
2: tagging on with sarah i McKenna, you said you like to be seen as nice, but because my first interaction with you was you as Hades, that's all I see you as is mean. No, I, Listen, I if I you did ask love my husband, he'll
8: agree.
2: <laughs> uh, just that first week when I, yeah, I didn't know anyone, and I was like, man, this girl is mean, and I love it. Uh, I did love that Hades performance.
1: Thank
8: you guys. I, yeah, I, that was. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. It's just a fun character. Um, I'm 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 back with not piggybacking off of Patrick. Um, Truman in Innocence, um, I think was also one of my favorites. Um, just came in with so much energy, so eager to be like, hey guys, let's do this. We're gonna have so much fun. And he like blew me away during the performance and it was just so fun working with him and he did such a good job um and the chemistry between him and Logan was super fun um to watch and I think that was probably one of my other favorite ones where I was like dude just came in here and just killed it just felt like part of the group and it was it was awesome just a great performance on his part and yeah
6: I mean, like that was a, that's a really good one to, to just to end on, on like, just on, on that question, Truman really did. And that just brings me back. Again, we've been doing this for such a, we've done nine episodes. Sometimes you forget little things and, and how do you forget something as big as Truman? <laughs> you know, that was such an electrifying, epic performance, um, that he gave as as Cal in The in Innocence. Um, so, so well done. Um, man I, I have other questions i'm just wondering which one would just feel natural to go next um just because we we've had so much fun we've kind of covered some of these and other questions as well um, um let's just ask this one too just because we've talked about favorite performances we've talked about favorite um favorite you know other performances does anyone have like a favorite script that we've worked on like, does anyone have a favorite episode like just overall like oh this is my favorite episode ever just because of blank or um it man i I, it's really hard for me to choose one because i've loved everything you guys have done and i've loved all the stuff that we've gotten to work on but i think for me my favorite episode might have to be homes and lots um it's it was such a simple premise and it was such a simple um setting um but the the fact that uh uh, my relationship with with the writer jared mendenhall is my is my uncle and being able to work with him on something professional and creative like this was was just a really cool opportunity to work side by side with him and i think that's the reason why for me i would mark it as a really high you know a really high, really high up there for me on, on my on my favorite you know favorite moments of the season but does anyone else have any thoughts on that does anyone else have a favorite episode?
5: For me, it was probably innocence, uh, because that was that was the only episode that was really serious, and and it, 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 it grew it grew from a, a very serious topic from an, a, a very light hearted source from Calvin and Hobbes, uh, but I had a lot of fun with it because I got to play this play Cal because and I got to play a role that I don't generally get to play. Um, he's a little younger. He's a little more. He's kind of got a love interest. He's uh, a lot of things that I I don't think that I am. But anyway, um, and so I, I got a lot. I had a lot of fun uh, kind of delving into that character and into into a psyche. I have one other that I, that I have to talk about really quick. I have to bring it back to um, uh, the one that we did this week. Uh, for some reason, the, the name is out of my head. Uh, Star crossed. Star crossed. Thank you. Um, again, because I get to reprise uh, uh, Lord Arthur Westcomb, which is such a fun role and it's a, it's another role that's a little bit out of my uh, out of my general usual acting type. Uh, and so I, I have I've had a lot of fun with getting to uh, come back to him and getting to uh, tinker and play around with him a little bit more. I'm doing some things that are completely different than the first time I got to do him. Uh, and so it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Both of those episodes have been really interesting and and really fun uh, opportunities.
3: Uh, For me, uh, just going off of Logan, Starcross definitely was one of my favorite scripts. I hope we get a chance to uh, go back and actually finish, you know, uh, more of that story because I just loved playing the character and I love just being in that universe it is well written. Shouts out to Patrick. Uh, so, everybody, you have to have a chance to listen to it. I mean, this obviously is coming after this episode. So, you, you obviously listen to it if you're listening to this part right here. But still, just a great, just great episode. Great script.
2: For me, it was uh, the singles, just because that one has a lot of sentimental value to me as well, uh, because that was the first show where I felt like someone actually had taken faith on me in the way that Mark did because I showed up a few years ago as just a stand-up comedian who knew Patrick who invited me to come to this table read uh, for a show that he had written. Uh, and then as soon as I read it and I read the character uh, of Sean, I don't think I was even reading for Sean that day. I think it was just I was doing um, the the di- or the, the scene dialogue, whatever it's called the the narration. Uh, but when I when I saw the character of Sean, I was like, I have to read for that character the next time we do this. And then we did. And then that's kind of where my whatever journey I have as an actor really started uh, was was with the singles. So for it to come back here on this podcast and for me to be able to reprise the role of Sean and, and to be able to, to work again with Austin as Matt. Uh, it was very special to me to be able to go back to that and be like, this is for me where a lot of this started.
1: I definitely say for me, my favorite was doing Mountain Berry Crunch. That was my first uh, episode that I acted in. Yes, Tanner, it was great. Tanner wrote it. And Patrick and I were talking about it you know, later. And I was like, because the note that we were given was play it serious. And it made me think a lot about uh, about because that's what made it so funny is how serious we played it, and I do stand up comedy just like Tanner, and um, it made me think a lot about um, comedy in the sense of making yourself very intentional and in how uh, you um, perform. Because Patrick made this comment, he goes, "I don't laugh at Michael Scott because he's a goofball. I laugh at him because he is so serious about things." And that's just like the best office reference because when Michael Scott is so serious, like when he yells, I declare bankruptcy, it's because he's so serious. And it's same with these kids in Mount Berry Crunch. They are so serious about getting something as simple as cereal. But if you think about it as like little kids, we were very serious about getting cereal, like going to the grocery store or whoever got the last bit of cereal, they were dead in in the family, so. Um, that's why I like Mountain Berry Crunch on, just because it was my first um, episode that I got to read. And I loved playing Branson. I thought he was so funny and like the worst character because he's just awful. But because um, <laughs> he's the villain. But I think just because of like what it meant and stuff. So, yeah.
2: I, I will have you guys know that I am writing another short. Uh, and there is zero laughs in this one in fact it's going to make everyone just feel terrible about themselves so
1: yes
2: look forward to that i'm not sure if we'll do it on this podcast or not i haven't spoken to patrick about that i'm always happy to uh but yeah the next one i'm writing is not funny at all
8: send it to me please thank you um i actually really enjoyed this episode um the star um Patrick was very foolish and asked me to direct and
6: I think you mean a genius
8: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was for me personally it was a cool growing experience because I don't like to direct because I hate like I'm very critical so like when I go watch like a play I sit there and I go oh I would have done it this way oh, I probably would have done it this way too, but I hate telling people that I want them to do it this way and I want them to do it that way and that their ideas are great, but maybe let's go in this other direction, Tanner, okay? Um, but like, it was really cool to be able to work with actors that are experienced and, uh, and are able to take direction really well. And who are also like helping me in the directing process of providing like at the beginning of the first read through providing their vision of how they see the character. And then we were able to collaborate on that and not having to fully help an actor just from the ground up. They already came in with their thoughts and ideas. And so it was for me, it was a really cool um other side of the process um that I feel like I haven't actually been able to experience beforehand whenever I've directed anything else um and so for me that was more of just a nice learning experience which made that my favorite which made this one my favorite episode um which is totally selfish but I just I felt like I learned more here than I had previously and um and also it's a great script and you guys all did an awesome job, um, but uh, yeah.
6: Did I miss anybody? Did anybody else have an episode they wanted to share? I don't know if I heard, I'm pretty sure I heard from everybody. Oh, Sarah, did you not say one? It was also
7: Crossed for me. Like, I don't think we've had like a single bad script that we've done. Like they've all been extremely fun and enjoyable in each of their own respects like I could praise each episode that we've done like for a day. But yeah Starcrossed I loved playing Anne Hathaway when we did the the stage reading about a year ago and it was even uh cooler this time to play the other uh female character Henrietta and to just go all out goofy because Anne Hathaway is much more like, you know, the straight woman, like, you know, keeping everyone um, on the ground. And, you know, it's just such a good script. And you can tell Patrick put his heart and his amazing sense of humor and wit into it. And I really hope we get to do more bits from that Script or maybe the whole thing, maybe, 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 maybe. Patrick,
6: please, please. I'll talk. I'll talk to my people. <laughs> oh,
3: we're we're all right here.
6: I know. So <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> uh, Anyone's gonna
1: be your publicist. It better be me because <laughs> I am a PR major. I'm just saying that made me sound really snobby, but. I will be very offended if I'm not a publicist when you become a famous writer.
6: You sound like Britta from Community. I study psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in New York.
8: I love Community.
6: I love you, Kendra. You can be my publicist.
5: <laughs> I'm pre- but I'm pretty sure she just Britted that, so. Um, you
1: know what? I'm, I'm not going to be shamed for being a PR major because I've learned a lot of life skills. So.
6: Oh my goodness. (laughs) I feel like we could keep going and going and going, but I think we've covered so many of our questions, like, and we've answered enough. I mean, we've answered a lot of this, you know, the stuff about the show and the season and what it was like working with each other. Um, I just, I just want to reiterate to our listeners. And I, I mentioned this a little bit with when I was with Emma and this, this podcast did kind of start as a co as, you know, it was, it was based on COVID like COVID happened. And I think a lot of things changed for a lot of us. And I just, I want to say a few things um, about the people that I, that we've worked with on this, like Tanner Ralph is probably one of the greatest stand-up comedians. and I don't just say this lightly. Tanner Ralph is the greatest stand-up comedian that I know and it was a shame to me to know that he didn't get the opportunities to do that he was doing and his lo- his opportunities were limited and and mckenna randall is an award-winning actress that not a lot of people know and, and i don't think i've ever seen more professionalism or passion from an actress out you know from someone like her and so and, and Austin Jordan is probably the funniest, handsomest man. And to deprive the world of someone like Austin Jordan, <laughs> Austin Jordan is my number one male casting decision in anything I do. Everything I do. My first person is I'm going to cast Austin. Um, and, you know, Sarah, um, I can't think of a kinder, sweeter person and more humble and easily directed individual um which makes her one of the greatest actresses i will ever know because you could ask her to do anything and she'll do it um and you know and then and logan um i don't think there's anyone more passionate than logan um and his passion makes up for makes up for any lack of of ability and I and when I say lack of ability there's a very small margin there of lack of ability um (laughs) and he laughs when I say that um because he can do it he can pull anything off he can he has the drive to do it all and and Kendra is probably the most underutilized person I know and this is so packed full of talent um I I wanted to and and there's and you know I and I asked them to work on this with me because of COVID and I didn't and I needed something. I needed a, a place to go to to share some of the things that I wanted to share, but I wanted to do it with the best people, and that's why I I, I picked them first, um, because of who they are as people first, and their talent. And of all the great things I've just said, um, of all the great things I just said, they're better people than their abilities and the talents that they've accumulated. Um, and I and I and I mean that. And all the people that have who've been on the podcast the writers um for this first season they were very hand-picked because we're we're just starting and i don't know many writers um as good of people and as talented of people that deserve an opportunity to have their voices heard than some of the writers we featured and the actors that we've had are guest stars like Connor wood and truman ricks and carly royer and tyler davis um I know I'm forgetting people, and I feel really terrible because we've had so many wonderful people. Um, Colin Glowinka, Jennifer um, Baker, Jennifer Baker. I knew Jennifer. Chase She's Bryan. awesome. Chase Bryan, um, um, John Gunnerson. John Gunnarsson. They all deserve places to to shine, and that was why this this happened. I was offended when certain jobs were were deemed more or less essential than another. Um, if you have a lack of people like this in your company, you don't have the essentials in your life. Um, and so this was a was a labor of love, and I wanted to make sure everyone who's listening knows. And even if this is just a small, uh, only it only reaches a small number of ears, you're listening and getting to know the best people that I know. Um, For whatever reason, and for so many reasons that I can't, I couldn't go on and say. Um, And Emma Maté, who's been my co-host through the whole thing, um, not only is she just one of the most wonderful, you know, well-spoken people who asks the best questions and really gets into why something is good and how something is good. And not only is she just incredibly talented, but nobody knows how amazing of a friend that she is. Um, and how much love she has in just the tip of her pinky finger you know that i wish i wish i wish i just wish people had that much capacity to to care as much as she did um and so this was created because of that and we're going to come back in season two and we're going to keep going um i hope everyone here stays on and i hope we get more people to participate because there are so many more voices out there that we want to share with but my parting words that i just want to make sure to share is i want to make sure people understood that Um, um i had an idea but these are the people that make ideas real um and i wouldn't have traded or swapped out any of them and and Madeline Bird left us about halfway through the season to pursue other um, endeavors, um, and she had school going on, so she was very busy. Um, Madeline Bird is also just one of those, you know, and I say that, I don't say this lightly, and I don't say this um, in any way to sound, you know, holier than thou, but she is probably one of the most Christ-like individuals that I know, um, and you know, she is probably one of my greatest friends, and so having her for the short amount of time that we were able to have her was an honor. I just want to make sure that was said um, and publicly to any ears I could reach that 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 was the intention here. Um, And I shared this with Emma as well, and I'll share it again. Um, My belief, and I got an opportunity to direct many of these episodes with these people. My philosophy is I... Um, I know that I, I lack a lot of knowledge and I, I don't, I'm not perfect. Um, and any shortcomings were definitely on my part and not on these individuals' parts. But my philosophy is, is I'm going to do my best to love the best performance out of you um, and love and love the work into existence. Um, and that's all I can give. And so I just hope that these individuals felt that. I hope anyone listening felt that as well but well, this has been a, a blessing to, to work on. So guys, thank you so much for being a part of this.
2: And Patrick, I, I just have to say, uh, we all love you for it. Um, Agreed. You know, this has been uh, a great first season. Uh, I love the fact that you took what efforts you had to be able to highlight everyone else around you. Cause that's the kind of person you are. You're the kind of person to boast the talents of those around you. And um, that's a very great quality about you. This has been a tough year for a lot of us with COVID happening. You know, I lost half my job and all my uh, medical insurance benefits. So for a while, you know, and I'm back to full time now, but for a while I was scared of anything happening in the day, because if, if any medical emergency happened to me, it would all be out of pocket from a job that I was only getting half the money for. Uh, So there's some very real hard times that have happened to all of us. And I'm just so grateful that every other Thursday and Saturday, I could forget all of those worries and just hang out with you guys and just read a fun script and just play uh, and just forget kind of the, the troubles of the world around us. And I'm very grateful that, you brought that to us. Uh, it's a gift you brought. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for you. And I think we all speak that way too.
1: I just want to add something real fast. Patrick was so kind to us to say such great, nice things about us. And I just feel like it should not go. And if I start, if you cut this out, I'm very upset because Patrick is honestly one of the most kindest people I know. I've known him for almost, uh, three years now. And, um, he came in point in my life that was a very difficult, and he really helped me through. Trying, I I met him doing stand up, and I did not know anything I was doing, and he really helped me, and has been like a mentor. And I and I feel like he really is the heart of this podcast. He got this idea. I remember him talking about this months ago. He's like, I've always had this idea to do this podcast. I thought it was really cool, and he encourages us and he directs us, but overall he has so much love and compassion for everybody. And he has so much passion for um, the arts and theater. And I think that is what gets us through these like difficult times is being able to do things that we love guided by someone who has so much compassion and love for us. So,
6: yeah. Oh, thanks guys. Um, But yeah, I don't don't know if there's anything else that, that I can say um you know about about what the work we've done I other than I'm proud of it um you know I don't think anyone could could not you know be proud of of working with individuals like you guys so um you know and um I liked you first. <laughs> um, uh, gotcha. <laughs> hey. <laughs>
3: oh, no. The season finale. It comes all to this freshly wrapped button.
6: Um, but, yeah, I just want our listeners to know um, we are coming back. Um, we're planning on coming back in February um, with more content. We have a couple of writers Already lined up to to participate. We have some returning writers I know who are interested in coming back. So we're just super excited to to be rejoining you guys um, and bringing you more just wonderful content from these just wonderful people. Um, this is going to be a great time, and we're we're super excited. Um, so thank you guys for who who have listened and participated. And just remember, we liked you first.
4: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas. God bless
1: us, everyone. Happy Happy
8: holidays.
6: We're editing it all out. No! No! no. The entire interview was all crap. (laughs) We're starting from the top.
2: It's just going to be me asking questions to nothing because that would be better than what you guys gave me.
6: (laughs) Thanks, everybody.